Do people look at you and know that you belong to Jesus? Today, we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about what it means to mark an arrow in order to identify to whom the arrow belongs. Our kids have been given to us, according to scripture, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to craft a legacy that lasts a lifetime. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome to the show today. I'm glad you guys have joined me. I've got a question for you today, and I I want you to just really think about this because whether you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, you have influence. Even if you're not a parent, you have influence in the lives of the people around you. And you guys have heard me say many times here at the show that mom and dad, you are your child's first teacher, that you are their first line of defense, the first person that tells them the truth the one that helps them identify what it means to see the truth and walk in the truth. You're their first example, but you will not be their last. And it's really important that we understand what the Bible says about training up children in the way that they should go. John 13, 35 says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How? That you have love one for another. Love should be the mark of every Christian. We should be known for our love. The Bible says in Corinthians that the greatest of these is love, that long after the the trappings of this world fade away, that love will remain, that love is what Jesus, what prompted God to send his son. That's what sent Jesus to the cross. He loves you. He loves you. And so we spend a lot of time in the culture, certainly debating, and we do it here at the show certainly debating uh, the things that are happening around us and the situations that we find ourselves in, both economically and spiritually and morally in the culture. But the question remains, are we known for our love? Would do people look at us and go, those guys love Jesus Christ? I was prompted to think about this over the weekend because I had posted several things on my social media over the weekend, and some of them were uh, discouraging, I guess, to say the least. So on Instagram, I posted uh, a tape of a, a tape, boy, that just, I just dated myself. I posted a video, I posted a video of scenes from a drag queen show that parents were taking their little kids to. I mean, these grown men in women's uh, provocative, you know, clothing dressed horrifically and doing incredibly lewd things in front of little children while their mothers sat back with smiles on their faces and watched their little ones soak all this stuff in. Well, the Bible's very clear. The Bible teaches us that it'd be better for us to have a millstone hung around our neck and be thrown into the depths of the ocean than that we would cause any one of these little ones to stumble. And as I posted that, of course, it got a lot of traction, people, you know, hundreds of comments and people saying how horrified they were. But there was a couple of people on my social media that chastised me for bringing this kind of thing to your attention. And I got to thinking about that, you know, like people were saying, man, I I sure wish you'd go back to the way that you were when I first met you 15 years ago or 20 years ago out on the road when I was teaching people how to homeschool their children, when I was talking about lap booking, when I was um, teaching about just the dynamics of creating um, success in your homeschool. And I, I think I replied to maybe just one of those people, but I said, listen, nobody misses that, that person more than me. 
<laughs> like I would lo- I long for the time when I could just get on social media and talk about the laundry or teach you guys how to uh, how to determine the learning styles of your children or we were talking about things that felt simple. But these are not simple times. And we are living in an incredibly uh, evil generation. And it, and the evidences of that are all around us. And yet, we don't want to get stuck on it, right? We don't want to feel like we're drowning in it. And so today I thought, you know, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Because yesterday, you know, I answered your questions here at the show. And by the way, I continue to love getting them. They are stacking up in the queue. I'd love to hear from you. And if you guys would like me to answer your question on the air, you can shoot it to me at Heidi St. John dot com forward slash mailbox Monday. But what I what I thought I would do today is just back up a little bit because I, I realize that oftentimes we can become so bogged down in what's happening in the culture and so frustrated with with what's happening politically that it feels like we lose sight of the fact that in the end of the day, we're raising children. Like in the middle of this huge big fat mess of a culture, we are still raising children. We are still called to love other people. We're still called to be like Jesus. And I want to just encourage you today toward building a legacy in your families in the middle of all this stuff. People should be able to look at us and go, something's different about that person. You know, not in a, you know, uh, a negative way, but in a good way that we are the fragrance of Christ, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that desperately needs us. And I think that in that, we tell the truth. We are committed to sharing the gospel. We're committed to rightly dividing the word, as you guys have heard me say many times here at the show over the years. But I just want to encourage you again today as we're kind of early on in the week and you just never really know what's going to happen in a week, that we are called to bear the the mark of the Savior. In other words, our lives should reflect Jesus Christ. The words that we say should reflect him. And it doesn't mean that we stick our head in the sand. And you guys are never going to see me do that. It's just not in my nature. It's not what God's asked me to do. I can't imagine that I would stop talking about what's going on in the culture. I am, for better or for worse, God's given me a voice of exhortation. And I'm an exhorter. And so today I'm going to take that voice of exhortation and exhort you in a different way. And so instead of focusing on what's going wrong in the culture right now, I want to just encourage you and build you up in Christ. Uh, I'm going to outline what I think it looks like to walk in such a way that you leave a legacy so that when we're, when we're gone, you know, long after Heidi St. John's gone home to be with the Lord, that the words that I said will still be life-giving. They'll still ring true because they came from the word of God. And so I'm going to give you just a few ways that you can engage with your children and with the people around you to leave a legacy so that uh, so that your life speaks for Christ, that your that the words of your of your mouth bring are life-giving and are encouraging to those who listen. That's really what we're called to do. So the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do, and you guys know this is to know the Bible for yourself. Listen, mom and dad, uh, young people, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And if we want to build a life that's pleasing to the Lord and leave behind a legacy that that speaks to the fact that we trusted Jesus, then we need to be committed to knowing his word. You can't know his word if you're not going to be in it. Years ago, now I think it's been at least six or seven years, 
I formed an organization called MomStrong International. And the reason I did that was so that we could uh, provide mothers and grandmothers in particular with Bible study material every single month that would help them to address the things that were happening in the culture in real time according to the Word of God. And uh, next month's study, we're, we're finishing up right now. We're continuing to go through the month of March talking about the irreplaceable, life-giving, soul-steading role of mothers and how precious it is in the sight of God to be born as a female and to engage the culture from the unique vision and the unique perspective that is female. That's what God created in you if you're a woman. Next month, we're going to be talking about, we're going to go back to Genesis 1 to 11, and I'm going to shore up our faith in talking about the foundations that our faith rests on. And you've heard me for years talk about this on the show. My friend Ken Ham has been on the show several times with me talking about the Genesis, what he calls the Genesis 1 to 11 attack. The foundations that we cling to as believers are set forth in the book of Genesis. The, the answers to the major questions that are being asked in the culture right now, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Uh, it, you know, is there, are there really just two genders? How does God feel about marriage? What does God say about the family? These things are outlined in Genesis 1 to 11. And so for the month of April, we're going to go back to the foundation of the word of God. And we're going to, we're just going to spend that month building on it. And I'm going to invite you along with me in that we've got some really exciting changes coming to the ministry here that I think will open the doors for even more of you to join and study God's word with me. But the bottom line is, since we can't pass on what we don't possess, if we want the next generation to be fluent in the word of God, then we have to know the word. You can't know the word by osmosis. You've got to study as the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, to show yourself as an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle the word. The next thing you want to do is to engage your children with the Bible. So when they come to you with these with the questions that are uh, that are troubling to your heart, or maybe they have a question, then you don't know the answer to it because it's a question that you never considered before. We can be assured that God has the answers in his word. This is why I've become so committed to uh, the field of education, because I know that God says in his word that educating the hearts and minds of our children belongs to that primary responsibility has been given to parents, given to moms and dads. Mom and dad, listen to me. If you want your children to be able to see the world as God sees it and filter things through the grid of scripture, engage them with the Bible. So when they come to you with a question or when you notice that you've got a, a character issue that needs to be addressed with your children, address it from a biblical point of view. It's very easy for us to address issues with our kids or issues in the culture from a strictly emotional point of view. But God wants us to address the issues that are happening around us from a biblical point of view. And you want to engage your children uh, in the Bible. One of the things that I so appreciated about my my grandmother was that she engaged me from a position of biblical authority. So if I had a question for her, she was going to take me back to the Bible and she might even have known the answer, but she would say, well, you know, Heidi, that's a really good question. Let's see what God says. That was always my grandmother's first response to the questions that I would bring to her. And I guess I'd, I want to in, in, encourage you today 
and ask you, is that your first response? Is your first response to say, you know what, kids? Let's see what God says. We want to engage our children from a position of biblical authority. So engage them. Are you ready to experience the best sleep of your life? Listen, guys, I love, love, love the MyPillow mattress. My husband and I have been enjoying it for over a year. It's a two-sided encased coil quilted mattress, and you can get it delivered by UPS right to your door. It's easy to set up. Just unroll it and watch it come to life. The MyPillow mattress has a 10-year warranty, a six-month money-back guarantee, and free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code Heidi, and receive up to 60% off your orders, again, by using the promo code Heidi. Or call 1-800-447-0541. And again, use the promo code Heidi. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's look at 2 Timothy for just a second. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Remember, Paul was shepherding young Timothy in these passages, and he was preparing to, to die, right? Paul, who served the Lord his whole life, he has this incredible story of coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and then his faith became a faith that speaks, right? I'm always asking uh, women, you know, if your faith could speak, if your faith could find its voice, what would it say? God wants your faith to be a faith that speaks. And Paul had spent his lifetime pouring himself out like a drink offering to the Lord and allowing his voice to permeate the hearts and minds of the people that were around him. And he wrote this second letter from his Roman imprisonment. And soon after he wrote the letter, he was condemned and then, of course, executed in Rome under the command of Nero. Paul sensed that this was going to come. And so therefore, 2 Timothy is not the is not only the last letter that we have from Paul, but it's also a note of urgency and passion, uh, the kind that we might expect from a person who has the sense that he is soon to die, and in this case, soon to be executed. So let's look at what he said. Uh, he writes this letter to Timothy. He says, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers day and night. He prayed day and night. This shows how much Paul prayed. Whenever it was night or whenever it was day, he was he was before the Lord. This is one of those questions that you have to ask. Is, is your life, when people look at you, is your life marked by a love for Jesus? Paul's life, in many respects, was marked by a love for Christ because of his communication with the Lord. He was constantly thinking about the Lord, praying day and night. And uh, he, he, if he couldn't preach, according to the Bible, he was praying. Let's look what it says in verse four. He said, I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears that I might be filled with joy. Maybe Paul remembered the tears that were tears that Timothy had shed at their last parting. Notice how Paul modeled what it looked like to share in Timothy's emotions and his grief. He shared in that emotion, and we are to share in the emotion of others. The Bible says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice, and we should mourn with those who mourn. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois 
and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so you can see that here, Paul getting ready to charge Timothy and say, come on, Timothy, you can do this thing. I'm going to send you out onto the battle. He recognizes that the battle is a battle for truth. Paul was finishing in Timothy what God had started through his grandmother Lois and his mom Eunice. What an incredible opportunity that that Paul saw in training up young Timothy to take his place on the battlefield. And truly, that is what you're doing. Every time you make a decision to follow Jesus, remember this. It's not about you. It's about the next generation. Are they watching what you're doing? Yes, they are. And they're going to follow the example that you set. So engage your children with the word of God. The next thing you want to do is guard your home. This is your responsibility. So what's in your home? What are you allowing? What kind of music do you guys listen to? What kind of movies are in your home? What kind of influences? What kind of books are you reading? Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It is so easy for us to allow ourselves to become callous, to our hearts to become jaded and callous towards the evil that is all around us because we're around it all the time. Uh, I told you guys last week, I love VidAngel. If you haven't downloaded it, you I mean, if you want to make movie night great again, just download VidAngel because I'm here to tell you right now, uh, it's going to make it so that you're not sitting there with a remote in your hand because it seems to me that there are hardly any movies that come out even movies with a good story where the producers of those movies are not just putting in a random sex act or whatever it is. And so we downloaded, you know, a long, long time ago, VidAngel and absolutely love it. It's made movie night great again. So you guys do that. It helps you live a life that's in line with Philippians 4, 8. The next thing you want to do is learn to apologize to your kids. You guys have heard me say this many times. But I, if, you know, if you've listened to the show for you know more than five minutes, you know that uh, I have seven children. My husband and I do, and there over the years, I have had to apologize to them multiple times because, like you, I am just a fallen person. Oftentimes, you know, I'd make a decision for my children and then realize, oh, that was the wrong decision, or maybe I said something to them in uh, in anger or frustration, and I need to go back later and make it right. When you apologize to your children or to your spouse, what you're saying is, I care more about following Jesus. I care more about loving you than I do about being right. And that helps us have a life that is marked by a a desire to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's how people around us will know. Keep that humility in front of you. Uh, The next thing we want to do as parents is to correct our children. You guys have heard me share the stories of some of some of my kids, you know, uh, with with as many children as I have, it stands to reason that some of them were easier than others when they were littler. I always tell parents, listen, you know, little kids wreck your house, but big kids wreck your mind. It's completely true. But we are called, according to God's word, to correct our children and train them in righteousness. It's the mark of a person who wants to be a committed, sold-out disciple of Jesus Christ. Someone who follows Christ is going to correct their children. And this correction happens, obviously, the bulk of it, from ages 1 to 18 or 19, whenever they uh, they become adults and, and leave your home. But it it I think it translates into every area 
of their life. You know, long after I was graduated and grown, and even after I was married, my grandparents were offering constructive criticism and sometimes even correction for the decisions that I would make. And and I went to them for that counsel. I think wisdom, the Bible says, is found in the counsel of many. And so I would go to my grandparents often and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or Jay and I are thinking about making this decision. And they would tell me very honestly what they thought. We are called to correct our children. We want to yield to the Holy Spirit. It's never been more important than it is right now, you guys, to listen to the voice of the Lord. If you want people to look at you and know that you belong to Jesus, we take a posture of submission to the Holy Spirit. That's recognizing that we need his his direction. It's inviting him into every aspect of our life. It's praying without ceasing. It's recognizing our dependence on the Lord for wisdom and knowing that when we go to him, he will give it to us. That's how he is. And I want you to be encouraged because I think sometimes you know, like I said at the beginning of the of the show today, I think it's it's easy. It certainly is for me to focus on things that are, you know, the exhorter in me is like, look out for this and look out for that. And there's, you know, potholes ahead and, you know, careful, careful, you know, you're going to run up against a wall. But I realize that we can't have that attitude all the time by itself. We also need to be encouraged. And so I don't know if you guys notice this or not, but I just gave you an acrostic for the word legacy. If you want to leave a legacy, these are the things to do. I'm going to recap it for you really quickly. Learn the Bible for yourself. That's L. Engage your children with the Bible. Guard your home. I mean, guard it with your life. Recognize that the spiritual battle that you are going to fight for the hearts and minds of your kids is not, um, it doesn't stop at the front door of your home. And so guard your home. Learn to apologize, correct your children, and finally yield to the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who know my love for acrostics, you welcome. Uh, but that spells the word legacy. And I think that's how we build a legacy is by walking in right uh, relationship with the Lord and in right relationship with other people. Uh, before I wrap up today, and I realize I'm almost out of time, over the course of this last weekend, Ken Ham's personal assistant, who also happens to be a dear friend of mine, Carlotta, had a stroke. And some of you saw me post this on my social media. But if you haven't heard either from Ken over at Answers in Genesis or from me through my uh, platform, I just want to encourage you to lift Carlotta up before the Lord in prayer. We've had many people um, suffer from strokes in the recent months, and uh, it's become, I think at some point, almost unbearable. I told you that my nephew Bobby suffered a stroke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, her husband had a stroke. He's probably my age, so probably you know somewhere in his early fifties. And uh, now Ken Ham's uh, personal assistant suffering a stroke. And I just want to encourage you to pray with me for healing for these precious uh, men and women who love and follow Jesus. God is the healer. The Bible says that Christ alone is able to heal us, and so we call out to Him, Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And we're going to call out to him on behalf of Carlotta and on so, of so many of you because I, I, I'm looking at your emails and you guys are writing to me. There's a lot of things dealing uh, with sickness in the culture right now. And um, I just want to encourage you, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord. You guys, we're, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And the question becomes, are we leaving behind us a legacy of faithfulness to the Lord, faithfulness to our families, to our spouses? and to the message of the gospel. 
it matters more now than it has ever mattered because Jesus is coming back soon. And I really believe that. You've heard me teach on the rapture. I wrote a whole study on it. You guys can find that at my store at HeidiStJohn.com. But I wrote a study on the book of Revelation called People Get Ready that we went through at MomStrong International. And you guys can find that there. Uh, it's a three-month study, very just like a deep dive into the book of Revelation. But I'm going to encourage you like I always do, you guys. Love your people well. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you and he loves your children. And he is going to give you the grace to stand up on this battlefield and to defend what is true and right and to love the people around us. We should be known for our love for other people. And so as we pray for uh, our friends who are struggling with different things in our lives right now and around the world, I know that the Lord of Heaven's armies is bending down. The Bible says he bends down to listen. He loves you. And so I hope that encourages you today. We've got some wonderful guests coming on the show now that I am back in the studio. Uh, We're going to start resuming having guests back on the show. And I'm very excited to uh, bring some wonderful new episodes to you in the coming days. If you guys are interested in finding out what we're doing at Firmly Planted Family, you can go to fphrc.org and check it out. We are in the middle of fundraising right now for that new building. And we appreciate more than you know your prayers for God's provision as we anticipate purchasing that building debt-free. That really is our heart, and uh, we do that in for many reasons, but largely it's to keep the cost of what we do here for our families at the lowest that we can and to encourage more and more parents to take their children out of the public school system. So we appreciate you guys' support and your prayers for that. And if you've got questions about that, you can reach out to me. And again, the best way to do that is just to leave a note at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. You'll see there's a form to fill out. My staff sees that and those questions are given to me and also the comments as well. So we thank you guys for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing you out on the road. And in the meantime, love your people well. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith 